commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and will disclose and reveal myself to him. Jesus, not a spirit, said to him, Lord, what's happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us not to the world? And he answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode or our dwelling with him. He who does not love me doesn't keep my words. And the words which you heard are not mine, but the Father's. So, so here's the bottom line. Probably a lot of bottom lines, but here's one of them. Do you love Jesus or do you love yourself more? If you love Jesus, the evidence of that would be You'll be keeping His Word. What He's saying for you to do. In order to keep His Word, you need to recognize when He's speaking, and that's the job of God's Spirit within you. Well, I was, while you were saying, the Lord started working on my message some more, so I had to write it down real quick. You know, He's speaking. I knew He was speaking. He brought this verse, one of the words among the worship songs. He said, you remember that? I want you to share that. So, okay, I will. But I better write it down because I might never admit it when I get to the place where I'm supposed to share it. So I'll let you know when we get there, okay? Uh, we often talk about us inviting Jesus into our lives. I mean, I've heard that. You know, you need to invite Jesus into your life. Truth is, He's invited us into His life. And Jesus said, in the day when we enter his life, we will know that he's in the Father, that we're in him, and he's in us. Do you know that experientially? I mean, do you? Or is that just a, what does he mean by that? You, you, you need to find out. Because he intends, if the Spirit has come, and if Jesus has invited us into his life, then we need to know reality that He's in the Father. We're in Him and He's in us. Jesus says that if we love Him, then His Father will love us in return. And He will come and make, and He and the Father will come and make their dwelling place with us. And Jesus promised that He would reveal Himself. Last week I had this uh, diagram put in the bulletin. If you got, got a bulletin, you can look at it. If you don't, you should have got a bulletin. But uh, I just want to comment on it briefly. You, you, you can't, I love diagrams, but you can't diagram life. Uh, but, but this is something that, that was in that, when I was looking for that definition, I, I came across this. And basically, you've got, you've got a line where above the line is, is, is walking in the spirit, below the line is walking in the flesh. And it all boils down to what you really believe. A lot of the things I've said today, I said, do you, do, you, do you know that? Do you believe that? Because if you're buying into the message that you're supposed to perform in order to please God, you're going to try hard, 
But it's just a matter of time before you're going to you're going to burn out. So I keep my kite there. You can run and keep it up, but eventually you're going to have to stop and see if there's any wind to hold you up. And so a lot of people hear these messages and they try hard. And then, and, 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 and then you know, one thing we want to do is a pastor in the church, and some of the older people in the church said, Hey, we did our time when we were young. It's time for these young people to get up and do the job. I'm going, What? You know, they're tired. You know, a lot of people come to church or, or, or try the Lord, and then they, they, all the message they hear is how hard you got to work at it, how hard God's counting on don't let him down, and, 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 they, and they realize they can't do it, and so they give up. That's, that's the left side of the diagram. And they go into negative behavior, which causes them to feel all kind of, it just gives them the same message of you're a loser, you should be ashamed, you're a failure, you can't do it. And that just causes more negative behavior. It's a downward spot. Someone's got to interrupt that and say, No, God loves you despite the bad choices you made. But see, the only way we can do that is we've got to realize that the way the Christian life works is God lives it for us and through us. You know, it, it, it says in Colossians 127, it says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. You know, I, I, I refer to Galatians 2.20 where it says, you know, I will crucify the Christ no longer I live, Christ lives in me. Paul wrote the first to the Philippians and says, He who began a work in you will complete it. He will complete it. And in the Thessalonians, he's talking about how they need to uh, be sanctified. And, and he talks about this, their spirit, soul, and body being made whole. But then he says, Faithful is he who called you, he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. If you will submit, he'll take care of details. Now, now when, you, when you get in this life, all of a sudden you receive into yourself new messages. I am loved. God delights in me. Me. And the devil said, well, Tommy, man, remember when you did all this stuff in the past and, and this and, and, you know, I keep reminding you all this stuff. Shut up. That doesn't define me. I am a new creature in Christ. New things have passed away. New things have come. He gives us the same greeting that the angel Gabriel gave Mary. Hail! Greetings! Favored one. No, he says, me? You sure you're at the right place? Yeah. And God the Father wants to birth Jesus in you and grow him. To make an impact in the world. God sees you as holy. He sees you as blameless. He sees you as righteous. And this is the verse I wrote down during worship. Titus 2.14. I didn't have a chance to give it to him in the back because I didn't have it when church started. Titus 2.14 says this. Christ Jesus 
gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. That's why we're here. Don't worry about whether you're really being lost. No, he's, he's redeemed you from that. You know, in his life, you don't have to worry about what you do or don't do. Just take care of who you are in relationship with him. Everything else takes care of place. And, and when, when you internalize this, when you, you quit beating yourself up over the past or worrying about the future and live in the present, your behavior becomes consistent with who you are. That's called walking in the Spirit. <laughs> you know, Paul's talking to these heathens, and he says, Look, you're trying to find out, in Him we live and move and have our very existence. You guys just don't know that. He's closer than your very breath. We all know that, don't you think? Because that might be good. To set our minds on the Spirit is to enter into God's rest. He tells us in Psalm 46.10, He says, Cease striving and know that I am God. King James says, Be still. Cease striving. Why? So I can be exalted among the nations. And I can be exalted in the earth. To set your minds on the Spirit is the fight, the good fight of faith that Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12. And then he tells him how to fight the fight of faith. He says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Jesus in his high priestly prayer to his father in John 17.3 said, this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Setting my minds on the Spirit means making an effort to get to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm making an effort to. You know, them didn't know anybody unless you spend time with them, unless you look to. And the more you get to know them, the more you will love them because you experience how much they love you. And the more you will want to cooperate with what they're doing in you and through you. Your goal is to be present with the Lord. So you can see people through His eyes and be present with them as an instrument of His redeeming love and grace. In my job, I get to See people that have made a lot of bad choices and are rejected by most people. My prayer always is, Lord, let me see this person that's lost custody of their kids, that's destroyed their life and their family through drug abuse. Let me see them the way you see them and let them know how much you love them. And it makes a big difference. People know whether you're judging them or not. Just take my word for it. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 
16 to 18, he says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One of the few verses in the Bible that says, This is God's will. <laughs> he says earlier in that same book that our sanctification is God's will. And to the extent that your mind is set on the Spirit, I believe these things will be lifestyle. You are welcome up. I'm going to say something about joy for just a minute. It's really an important reality for a follower of Jesus. Nehemiah spoke to the children of Israel and said, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Talking about reality there. Since in God's presence. David praises the Lord in Psalm 16 when he says, Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. I think we're starting to get some handles on what joy may be and where it comes from. Jesus promised his followers who lived the earth that he would give them his joy, which was big. I think it's one of the things that attracted people to Jesus. They just saw the radiance of his face. He, he was enjoying life. Even though he had a lot of things coming against him. And, and, and we read this through the Spirit. And, and joy is, you know, it, it is only preceded by love as a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and then so on. Paul's dealing with people that were following all these rules about eating and drinking and stuff. And he said, look, the kingdom of God isn't this stuff. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Are you living in the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy are yours. If you're not experiencing those, you may need to get some handles on some of the stuff we just talked about. Because it will bring forth that fruit. Paul's always saying in his letters to the churches, telling them to rejoice. And he knows that he says it a lot. Just like I tend to tell some of the same stories a lot. I see that's what I've heard from a reliable source. But he says in Philippians 3.1, he says, I, I know I repeat this command to rejoice often, but I don't care because it is a safeguard for you. Look with me quickly to Philippians 4 and then I'm through. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4. Paul's going to close this book and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say, rejoice. Now, now he's going to show, talk about what it looks like. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but hearing by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, knowing Matthew 7, Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. We can stop right there. But he says, For I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, Because my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus tells us what he was like as a person when he walked the earth. He was gentle and humble of heart. Paul writes here and he says, Rejoice always. Let your gentle spirit be known to all. The Lord is near. Let people see Jesus. And it's going to come by you rejoicing. I'm not saying you walk out of the city grand over nothing. I am saying you so know the Lord that you are enjoying Him. And you know He's got it. And even when bad things go bad, go, go bad and, and, and all of us have had things, even when the, our kids aren't and our grandkids aren't making choices we wish they did, we can have joy because we're in relationship and we're learning of Jesus. That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Joy is real on the earth. Everyone's looking for it. In all the wrong places. In all the wrong things. And only Jesus can give true joy. Only He can. And the world needs to see that reality in some people. Like us. I would say, ask the Lord to show you other ways to set your mind on the Spirit that would be unique to you. I love seeing nature. Outside my window at work, there's four baby groundhogs that come out every morning and run around. And I quit work just to watch them. It's a worship experience. We've got birds building a nest right outside our window. And I want to watch them. A sunrise, a sunset. Passing people on the street. You can see them and immediately pray for them. That's setting your mind on the Spirit. So ask the Lord to show you ways to set your mind on the Spirit that you need to I'd love to have a small group sometime where we all can talk about how do you set your mind on the Spirit? What kind of things allow you to keep the world in mind as much as is humanly possible? And it's a thing to grow in. You start out saying, I mean, if you get born in church, practice it in here. Don't tell Pastor John I said that. <laughs> And, uh, maybe some of you have been doing it while I've been speaking today. It's, it's a very strong last day. Uh, if you do this, it's going to be an adventure that will never be boring. 
And, and, and when all said and done, you will have even into God's purposes for your life here on earth. You, you know the things that make for peace experientially. And you will be recognizing the time of your visitation. May the Lord help us all to do this. Amen.